On today's episode, we have Liz Fleming. She's a PR guru, a marketing expert, and she founded the Small Town Social here out of a uh, personal need and desire that she needed to get connected within our community. Yeah. Um, I love her vulnerability. She She's somebody that's been featured in Forbes, Women's Health, uh, Yahoo, Essence, Oprah, and New York Times, and many other places. And she sat here and talked about how she came to a town and didn't know how to connect with people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's real, right? That's kind of how we all feel. We can do all these things and, you know, have these achievements and everything. And at the end of the day, we still can have that imposter syndrome and nervousness to go out and meet people. We've talked about this many times. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, many times we've used the the term. It's lonely on top. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's hard to make friends whether or not you you know, own a business or not. And that's the beauty in the small town social is anybody, any woman can show up and connect with other women and have conversation. And we talk a lot about that on this episode. We go, we go down many different avenues. So stick with us. (laughs) Right. And it's not awkward because the whole purpose of it is to meet people and talk to people. Right. So it like gives a space for you to go up and be like, hi, I'm Sarah. Whereas like, if you just walk into a normal restaurant or store, you're not just going to go up and talk to somebody. Yep. So it's an actual intentional space to meet and talk to people. All it takes is just a little bit of courage and bravery to just show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we go down talking about PR and how to handle crisis management and your business when you get bad PR. Yeah. That's great. It was a great conversation. Uh, we hope you enjoy Liz. I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's She's the the Boss. This Liz Fleming, talk about Mm -hmm. yourself and who you are, not just what you do. Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh, who am I? That's like when I try to write the Instagram bio with only 140 (laughs) characters. It's like, oh my gosh. Oh, is that like the latest trend thing? Yeah. I saw that and I'm like, what is this? Do you you know how many times I've changed my Instagram bio? I'm like, who am I? Every season of life, I'm like, okay, marketer, mom, military spouse, writer, (laughs) founder, business owner. I mean, I'm touching on all things now, but um, my career started in PR, so that's really how I got to where I am now. I've been in that industry for 12 years, I think, uh, this year makes it. So it's been a whirlwind. I've uh, primarily worked with women's health clients, so my my sauce has always been helping women and building community in some way, and PR I just loved because it was all about earned media, earned outreach, earned exposure, and that really sang to my heart, you know, versus everything that social media became and advertising and pay to play, it just felt a lot more genuine. So I've loved working in that industry. And a lot of opportunities have really presented themselves because of that background, including the small town social and everything else I do around the community. So yeah, mom of two. That's really thrown a wrench of, in things in the best <laughs> in the best way. I'm like, okay, I went from you know working twelve hour days at my desk to now trying to navigate 
how I run two businesses and be a wife and daughter and mom and like host Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know, just do all the life things that are fun. And so how do you navigate that? Oh my gosh. I ask for as much help as I possibly can, which has been something that's so hard for me (laughs) in the past. I am like a self-proclaimed perfectionist and it's something that I'm really trying to work on. Um, and that's something that I talk about. I'm writing a book as well. And that's oh. kind of one of the pillars of learning how to thrive as a mom, as a marketer, as a military spouse, as a woman in general, is how to overcome that perfectionist mindset. And that for me has just been a total game changer. So some of the things that I have used to help me with that are things like meditation, mindfulness, when I can, getting outside at least 20 minutes a day, and just being flexible, like giving myself that grace to make mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. make, let life be beautiful chaos, because there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it doesn't have to be so carefully calculated and scheduled and all that all the time. But really, um, at its core, I've really asked for as much help as I can from, you know, mostly a child care perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really hard around this area. So with two littles, um, I just kind of felt like totally blindsided when I became a mom. And I'm very type A. I read all the books, did all the classes, but I just didn't know about all the wait lists I had to be on for <laughs> especially in for this county. Daycare. <laughs> I mean across the country, but Yeah, I just assumed, oh, yeah. you know, we're kind of like the overflow of Fort Liberty, this military area. I just assumed that there would be so many options and then holy moly, zero yeah. zilch. So Unless you're willing to pay like $30 an hour. Oh, like for a nanny or something. Mm, Yes. Yes. So that's kind of been, you know, like learning to be flexible has just been what's worked the best for me. It's like piece things together, you know, just accept the fact that you can't just sit at a desk for 12 hours a day. And I don't think you want that anyway, Liz. Like be with your children, you know. Be willing to work a little earlier in the morning or a little later at night during nap times and like just look at all that you've already accomplished. So it comes from a lot of different angles, I think. Yeah, Yeah. I I can relate to that perfectionism (laughs) aspect. It hurts. Yeah, my motto a few years ago became it's good enough. That is what I like would change it to because everything for me, I was like, it has to be this way. It has to be this way. And then, you know, I was like, you know what? these parents are happy it's good enough (laughs) yes good enough and the kids are happy and the kids are having fun and they have no idea what the heck is going on right they're they're happy as clams and that's what's important too that's all that matters so you said you're from vermont originally i am before so how did you make your way from there and did you meet your husband in college or how did all oh girl um i met him here uh, I actually met him in Charlotte, like randomly in an Irish pub. It was just like a fairy tale. We also met at a bar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Sounds like a great place to meet people. <laughs> it was like the middle of the day and I was just with my sister and we were hanging out in a place we never would hang out. And he walked over and was like, hello, I'm Sean. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was at a point in my life too, where I was like, I felt like so good about everything for like the first time I was like 26 or 27 I think I was like in my groove working for the PGA in Greensboro I was like kickboxing all the time and I was so good mentally physically emotionally for the first time ever you know whereas in the past I'd been so 
much of a people pleaser and just so reliant on others to find my happiness. And I reached a point, you know, like I adopted my dog. I was just like on cloud nine, living on my own. And I was like, you know what? I am not making dudes my number one priority in life anymore. I'm making myself my number one priority. And three years of that, and he just appeared right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I'm originally from Vermont. I uh, grew up there um, for about 24 years. Beautiful place, very, very cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so my career started there. I went to college there. I worked at a PR firm there for many years. And about four years in, I just decided I wanted to change a pace. And my sister actually lived in Wilmington. So I kind of cast my net really wide for jobs. And I actually um, ended up being headhunted by the PGA of America to be their marketing director for the Carolinas section which is based in Greensboro. And that happened and it was phenomenal, but total 180 in pace. Like I was coming from the North, which is like, you know, go, 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 Mm -hmm. go. Coming to the South is one thing and it slows way down. So that's one area of it. The other area is the industry itself. Like being at a PR firm is also go, go, go. That's like 80 hour work weeks, insane, not healthy. And then I came down here and it was like, no, you're allowed to work just 40 hours and you can take a lunch break and yada, yada. Um, So it was fantastic. I learned so much. But in that whole span of time where I was at both places from graduating college up until working with the PGA, I had been freelancing marketing on my own just with people around town, connections in Vermont, and then eventually in North Carolina. And it was taking off. Um, I built my first website, (laughs) Liz Morosky Media, and I just started talking about everything, blogging. I had a couple of clients that I, I tested working with, and it went really well. And that just snowballed. So I had an opportunity um, once I met my husband, Sean, you know, my lease was coming up in Greensboro and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like Pinehurst is a magical place. I just want to live there. So I had pitched uh, the PGA to keep working with them remotely. And this was, mind you, well before that was a thing, like well before COVID. They're like, you mean you want to work, but not be here where we can see you working? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Where we can't micromanage you. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, they just weren't down with me working in the golf capital of the USA. So (laughs) (laughs) an hour from the office. So I said, you know what? I think this is just a natural, like, let's just part ways. And we're all good. We're all gravy. They're a fantastic team. Don't get me wrong. Um, But, yeah. And so then I had all of this time to really grow this, this new business. And it just kept growing and growing. So I work now one-on-one with clients um, at scale. And what I found out when I first moved uh, to Moore County was I was hiring clients mainly at brick and mortar locations to coach them on marketing and like how they could organically grow their exposure without throwing money at ads, you know, invest in me and I'll teach you all the things that you can do without having to hire someone to like do it for you all the time. It's like, a great skill to know as a business owner is mm-hmm. how you can take care of growing your own business. And after a couple of years of that, I realized I was teaching the same thing over and over and over and over again. So I took a step back and I was like, this is a really unique time for me to like grow this, like 
something passive is here. So what I, year was this? This was, oh gosh, 2018. Yeah. So this is way ahead of the way ahead curve of what I think you're about to share. Yes. (laughs) So anyway, I, I developed a couple of, uh, online courses and a membership program and I taught just kind of that core framework within it and it did really well. And I was able to work less and make a ton more. And that was like something that I didn't know was like a dream of mine. I was like, this is possible. What? So I've kind of been doing that for the last six years and uh, on top of small town. So it's it's been great. That was a really long answer, but. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> but the, it's the beautiful progression. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about PR, I don't know if a lot of people understand exactly what that is sure. and what it all entails. Yeah. So if you could answer that and then also talk about, you know, when people are hiring you, what is it exactly that you're helping them with specifically? Sure. So sorry, two questions. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so public relations, I like to tell people that it's earned media, like you're not paying for exposure. So you are writing editors and journalists to ask to pitch them to be in their magazine or their online publication. You're giving them an idea to write about and interview you versus paying like $300,000 to the New York Times to like have a full page ad in the Sunday paper. So there are a lot of really unique ways that you can go about earning that exposure. And it's not just through media pitching. It's also like event planning. Social media is parts of it are considered public relations if you're not running ads all the time. So think about public relations as just relationship building. At its core, that's what it really is. I do dabble some in crisis communications too. You know, what to say as a brand when SHIT hits the fan and you're just kind of like, a lot of people just don't know how to handle that. They don't don't have any talking points. So a lot of, yeah, there's a lot that falls into that bucket, but it's really, um, yeah, that's really what it is at its core level. You don't have to answer this, but do you have any uh, stories that you can share on when shit hits the fan? Oh, my gosh. Well, so I worked in specialty food and beverage for many years, and that's always really hard because you always have a couple consumers who are like, something tastes wrong in my, you know, Mm. my coffee or my tea or like... There's just always people and the internet is the internet. So you have to, if a review is public and it could be damaging to the brand, you have to say something. It has to be public, I always say. Like the reply should be public from the brand. But your goal is to take it offline as soon as possible because it can kind of snowball. Um, How do people get that stuff offline? Like if it's a Google review, how do you get it offline? I don't believe that you can. You can't. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) I have some too. That's why I'm asking. (laughs) From like bots. And yeah, there's really no way. And it's the same with Amazon too, which has become a big problem. There's a lot of, you know, makers who who try and sell on Amazon as well to grow their business beyond things like their own D2C website or Etsy. And the reviews are what make them the money and gets them the clicks. And one bad review can really hurt a, a brand. But um, again, all about relationships. So anytime you're in a bind, just you know, don't get too overwhelmed. Like take a step back. I tell every client, like, I know you're panicking right now, but like, let's be strategic about this. Like, Let's take a step back and think about the customer's experience. This could have been really traumatizing for them, and they just don't know how to get our attention, and this is how they've decided to do that. So 
this is a chance for us to like prove ourselves and like what we represent as a brand. So always think about the big picture. For me, it was always in the food business. And now in women's health, we get that too. Um, I work for a company that makes a lot of prenatal and postpartum products. So they're one of my clients. And so we always get women who are like, you know, this has hurt me or something from breastfeeding or like, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. What a like tricky time in a woman's life where all sorts of things could be going on. And it's like, how do (laughs) you link it to one thing or another? Right. So it's, it's mostly great, but you just have to realize as a business that everyone has their own story and everyone is going through their own process, especially as a woman or a mother, that can be a million different scenarios. So just being mindful of your people, I guess. And so when you respond publicly, are you responding from your side, quote unquote, like, are you, or are you basically just trying to understand their experience publicly? Sort of a mixture of both. Um, I want to take the conversation offline as fast as I can. So usually the first response is like, we're so sorry. You know, it's like a canned response. It's like, we are so sorry you're experiencing this and we want to make it right. Like here is a direct line that you can call. Here's a direct email that you can write to and let's figure this out and then learn a bit more about the situation. There are some instances where that's just not a possibility. There are people who will just go on and on and on, and that's fine. Sometimes that even works better from a marketing perspective, as scary as it can be, because other potential customers see that conversation Mm -hmm. unfold, and they're like, Mm -hmm. this brand showed the F up. They took care of this person, and it was just one of thousands that they took care of. And to me, as a consumer, like, I, that's something that would definitely change my mind to be like, oh, heck yeah, I'm going to be loyal to this brand. I'll buy from them. Yeah. They made a mistake. A lot of brands do. I don't know any company big or small that's perfect. So, but I I think it takes a lot of guts to respond publicly. And when you see that happen, it can be good. Some people, some brands are really good about it and some just aren't. Some are really ignorant and all they care about is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, as a consumer too, just be mindful and, and how you search for products and purchase products in that way. Like be mindful of these companies that you're buying from and how they treat their people. I, um, the first time I got a negative Google review, I, I have, I think two maybe, but they're both, they were lying in it. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I reply to this <laughs> without being like, um, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So yeah. it's so hard because they're hurt and it's very clear the way they write it. Like this isn't about us, you know, like this review is not really about us. You've mm-hmm. got something else going on. Um, so I like looked up a bunch of other businesses that I respect in the area and looked for their negative reviews and how they responded so that I knew like, yeah, okay, what would be the best way? My husband's like, be very general mm-hmm. <laughs> with it. And, you know, he helped me cause he loves to research stuff. So he helped me like research the best way. Cause it was like my first year of business mm-hmm. and somebody's sitting there publicly lying about what happened. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, this would have been great for us to discuss in person or through email. If you'd like to talk to me, here's the studio number. Yeah, that's what I like. Mm -hmm. Quick, short, to the point, 
Give yeah. me a call, please. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without saying it like that. But. Yeah. Let's just not talk about this in the middle of a Google review. Right. Yeah. It's going to live forever. Here, yeah. Here is my direct email. This is the best way for us to resolve issues. And yeah. That was and like my reply. I will say, like, you just have to call people out if they're blatantly doing stuff like that. It's very damaging because you could, like, I know that or you know that he's lying right and you you send a nice canned response like that but someone else could see that and be like oh they're just kind of like washing this right. away mm-hmm. like maybe they maybe this guy is like the someone on the outside would have no idea right mm-hmm. so in some instances like be general be as short and succinct as possible but like if you need to call them out call them out yeah um i've done that for one of I think my Google reviews, I'll have to send you girls what I said because <laughs> it was just Please. one of those prime examples. Like this guy was like, gave me a one-star review for my marketing business. Not a local, not someone I've ever met, just some rando keyboard warrior, you know, just looking for something to do. Maybe oh. a bot, who knows? Um, just said something like, worst service I've ever received, blah, blah, blah. And I said something like, I'm sorry that you're so out of touch, but... I don't know who you are and I don't know how you found me. It's cool that you did. If you want to work together, call me. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, you know what I mean? So you can see how you can kind of spin that a right. little and just make them kind yeah. of wake up. My goal was that he'd see that and be like, you know, take down the review. Like, they're like kind oh, of, I don't know this person. This yeah. was the wrong. Oh, this is embarrassing. Yeah. Now she called me. Yeah. Yeah. But no. So just proceed with caution, I'd say, with everything when it comes to reviews. Like a lot of stuff, especially with social media comments, you can let slide. But, you know, everything is public. Everything is a representation of you. And if you are a business owner, it's a representation of your brand. And a lot of business owners think that they are their brands, and that's not always the case. Some people are like me. I'm a solopreneur. You know, I'm the face of my business. People know what they're going to get. But for other businesses who are, you know, several team members deep, they have yes, Mm -hmm. you have thirty plus employees. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. like you have a reputation to uphold. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a lot of what PR is is just reputation management Mm -hmm. and um, personal branding stuff like that. So just just be mindful of the approach and don't feel like you ever have to rush into things. And bonus tip. Run everything by a lawyer first. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> before you like, before it goes, I mean, not the initial comments because that would take a lot of time and money. But, you know, if, if things start to really spiral, get legal advice. Mm-hmm. Just take the safe route. Mm-hmm. Just do it. <laughs> from, a, from a PR standpoint, that is probably the best piece of advice I could give. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had to do that uh for a few different cases there's been a few just wild things that have happened over the last nine years that yeah you would never even think up to have a plan for Mm -hmm. because you couldn't even can you tell us one legally um (laughs) well owning a school oh my goodness we have there's a lot at stake yeah right we have the most precious beings with us for potentially 10 hours a day Mm -hmm. right there's a lot at stake there um but luckily most of the things are they're not safety things nothing like that but it's like you know we have a policy that you have to be five to enter kindergarten certain parents want exceptions for that um 
you know, all the research shows, let's not do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You might be academically ready. Rarely are you socially and behaviorally Mm -hmm. ready to do that. Or in middle school is when it hits. Yeah. Right. And all the studies, you know, majority of the studies show that it'll even out maybe by like mid high school. But up until then, you're kind of on the struggle bus. Why would we do that? Right. And me in good conscience, how can I do that? You know? Except with my own kids, but hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> Same, <laughs> and they've been fine. But um, yes, yes, there um, was a whole thing that went on with for multiple years. Disgruntled parent writing reviews like a year and a half later after it's their so child hard. no longer went to the school. Um, I had a teacher who was at a local restaurant, and this parent was there alone. Uh, middle of the day, uh, reportedly inebriated and looked at our teacher who was wearing our company shirt. And she said, Hey, do you work there? And she said, yeah, I do. I love it. And she goes, Oh, we'll tell that bitch, Caitlin. I said, hello. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And of course our teacher's face turns bright red. And she was like, I didn't even know what to say to her. Like poor woman. What do I say back to that, you know? Uh And she was mortified. Then she was like, do I stay? Do I eat here? Like, you know, how do you even respond to that? I'm like, I am so sorry you had to deal with that. That Mm -hmm. is awful. You should not have to deal with that. This was almost two years after this whole thing happened. Oh, that's so sad. People just need more love in their lives. You know, that person just... Yeah. Go there, find love. Right. There's a <laughs> lot know, I'm sure yourself. going on with you, you know? Yeah. But wow. yeah, that's just one of the, we had one of the fun ones. So the first year of our business, I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't expect growth. So we personally, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I think that's just like such so relatable. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Like that's why I had, that's why I help other people. Don't not know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't expect the, the rapid growth or so I had no systems in place or anything. So everything that we did was you call us or you email us, we'll book your lesson and we'll do this. And, you know, we were just using like, like word documents of yeah. like, oh, this is our roster for this class. Like we had no way to take attendance. Like it was terrible. Um, but so the second year, one of my great employees who's still my virtual assistant that lives in England, yes. <laughs> she was like, I found this system called Jackrabbit and they can do this and they can mm. do that. Right. And I was like, perfect. And she's like, can I set it up? I was like, yes, absolutely. And she was an Irish dance teacher. So it's just, oh my gosh, it's, it's funny because it's cool when you give people the space to have a voice in your business side note, um, how it improves everything. But because of that, I got my first bad Google review Mm. because a parent goes, all we need is another portal. I can't believe, can we not just call you and still do everything the same way we used to do everything we have has a portal and she change. Yeah. Change. Sorry for trying to make your life easier lady. So that's what she came to me and complained about. Then the Google review was something completely different about her huh. teacher being absent who was actually in the military and he got held up at work and they can't take their phones into work. So he couldn't call us. And our adorable front desk person was an amazing pianist. Like I could put anything in front of her and she could play it. And she was 
um, in college, like studying to be a doctor, very intelligent, bright person. But the review on Google was my teacher didn't show up and some little girl at the front desk said she could do my kid's lesson. Oh, that had not. And it was the same day she was upset about the portal. It had nothing. Right. She was just already upset. That situation was like a year earlier Mm -hmm. that she referenced on our Google review. So I just felt really bad for the the worker. And so I responded and I was like, you know, oh, our front desk worker is so talented right now. She's focusing on school, which is why she's working the front desk. But she is one of our regular subs. And I said, we're very appreciative that our staff is willing to step in in an unexpected emergency. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, boom. And I said, I know you were also upset about our portal, but... We really have to put systems, I don't know if this was a response, but we really have to put systems in place so that um, we can make sure we're properly managing everyone's accounts and charging you the appropriate amounts. I mean, yes. Yes. Listen, you need to protect your business. That's (laughs) the bottom line. Do you know how hard we've worked to create the thing, let alone run the thing, sustain the thing? Yeah. And we're proud of it. And it's also, I mean, of course, be a good person, like lead with love treat others how you want to be treated but there are some instances where like stuff just isn't tolerable like you need to take additional action and like otherwise it's just going to keep repeating itself over and over Mm -hmm. and I will say to one of the smartest decisions I made as a business owner was getting like legally legit policies for my website having contracts because that takes care of so much of that public flack that you may get I mean I, you know, you hate to do it, but it protects you. It protects I mean, there's your a reason assets. Yeah. That we all have to do that stuff. Yeah. There's a reason that our policies and our handbooks are 37 plus pages long. There's a reason right. that our withdrawal policy has two paragraphs and you probably have to read it three times to fully mm-hmm. understand it because there have been so many misuses of the language in there mm-hmm. to where I'm like, oh yeah, I guess you could interpret it that way. And in that case you don't owe us a withdrawal fee and we're out that and we can't fill that spot right away. You know? So it's like, even with legal jargon, it's Mm -hmm. like, it still has to be amended because this person found this loophole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's a learning experience and kind of the best way, but at least you're upfront with people. It's like, I've given you everything on a silver platter. And for me with online courses and programs, like that's essential. When you check out, you click that box, you check it, you know? That's like, it's on you if you didn't read the policies about, you know, what was going to happen with your subscription and auto renewal and this and that, that I was very clear about. (laughs) And that's the thing. I don't know what else to do. Transparency up front. No one's trying to hide anything. Yeah. I'm not trying to like, well, throw you for a loop. I, as a business owner, I'm not trying to hide anything from you. Mm -hmm. All of the policies, all, you know, everything you're agreeing to is completely upfront and there for you to read. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't, I think if you don't do that, then you feel some sort of guilt or some sort of way when you have to enforce things. Mm -hmm. But when it's transparent up front, it's very easy because it's like, no, this is just how we have to run this business to protect our community. Yeah. And it's not like a new thing. We didn't invent this stuff. Yeah. Do you know, you know what I mean? Like we're not out to get you. I frequently will like send a screenshot because they're like, I didn't know anything about that. And like the system says on January 12th, right. like one person said they didn't sign up for oh something gosh. once and I pulled it up and they signed up at like 2 a.m. Uh Oh, Oh, and so <laughs> 
<laughs> I think we found out later it was actually her child that did it. Oh, oh. Um, that's a I lot like, to do in Jackrabbit for a child. At two a teenager. Oh, oh, these teenagers okay. can figure yeah, stuff 100%. out. hundred percent. I was thinking like a three. But she's like, why did you charge me for this? I didn't sign up for this. And I was like, well, I'm showing that you logged in at 2 a.m. on this date. Um, Here's the IP address to prove that it was actually not me in your home. I wanted to yeah. be like, where were you on January 1st <laughs> at 2 a.m.? Yeah. Were you downtown at a bar? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's wild. What oh. happened? Just how so. many hats we have to wear as right? business owners. It's mine. I know. That's why you hire an attorney. Yeah. Or a PR person. Yes. Right. Like hire you've got to have all the people <laughs> in your corner to be able to yeah. effectively run your business. Yeah. Because inevitably the shit hits the fan at yeah. some point mm-hmm. and you're like what do i do with this and that's oh, no. why that's why most businesses fail at five years yeah. like they don't even make it to five years that's like the most common statistic i think there is in the u.s it's mm-hmm. like 95 percent of businesses fail within the first five years because they get shiny object syndrome and it's new and it's great and it's so exciting and they make the website and they open the store and then they're like holy crap I need to like keep going and there's people who don't like me you know not everyone likes me and Mm -hmm. that's really hard for that's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow even for me when I first started you know you just assume that you're gonna you know people are gonna be into it but it's like do you know how many people there are in your area let alone the world and you're not gonna be for everyone and that is okay like Mm -hmm. just accept that you can't please all the people all the time yeah, for everyone. You can't. You just can't. And you don't have to be. It's not fun. Who wants to do that? But that's part of the risk in running your own yeah. business. You know, that's it's not just a financial thing. It's yeah. like, I'm going to put myself out yes. there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you can never stop, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're making it sound so awful, but it We're really like, is yeah, fun. You should not start We're like, crisis, <laughs> crisis communication is bad reviews. I think this is great, though, because I'm sure it makes other people feel like they're not alone. Yes. In You're what's not alone. happening. And yeah, this is very helpful. So thank you. I know. Thank you for explaining all of that and helping yes. people with that. So back to your business. So you are still running that. Yes. And then you've also started... Yeah, I also have the Small Town Social, which is a female networking group here in Moore County. I started that six years ago when I also moved here. So I started the business and then I started Small Town two months after because when I moved here, I knew no one and I knew I needed to find clients if I wanted this business to like operate. So I was literally just walking up and down the streets of downtown Southern Pines and getting to know all these stores. And at the time... A lot of the folks that were working in Riveter and the old jerky store, they were women my age. And we just like naturally connected and stayed in touch on social media. And over time, just in talking to them, they were like, this town needs something for women to connect. Because when I moved here, that's what I looked for. I was like, yeah, I can go to this group or that group, but they're all going to charge me 100 or 200 bucks a year, and I don't even know what it is. And I'm not just looking for business connections. I want to make friends, you know? And I don't know how to do that as a grown woman yeah. without being yeah. a super creep. Yeah. Right. How do right? we make friends? Like, we're not in college anymore. As a 30-something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not going out, like, binge drinking and, like, meeting this friend's friend and this and that. So I just decided to 
be that light for women, I created a Facebook event page. I think it was a three-week lead time. I picked a date, a time, a location. I uh, went into the wine cellar and I talked to Jarrett and was like, hey, I have this idea. Um, Are you cool with it? And he was like, yeah, whatever. And um, so the day came, March 13th, and 50 women showed up to that first ever small town social. And I was shocked. I was so excited, but also like kind of sad because I just knew that there were so many other women feeling the same way as I was and like struggling internally. And even if you have, you know, friends from your hometown or long distance friends, or you live with family members and you confide in them like your partner, it's just so different than having someone locally you can just go get coffee with or meet up at the bookshop, you know? So the fact that there were other women having that same struggle, I knew I had to keep going. There was just no way I could not. So we kept it really simple. I um, just said I made some relationships around town with um, local bars and restaurants because I couldn't fit everyone into my home. (laughs) I don't think people wanted to do that. So I said, listen, I will come on a slower night of the week and bring you the business if you let me borrow your space for two hours. And that's what we've done for six years. So I rotate between towns to try and get the towns equal exposure. It tends to be the majority of events in Southern Pines because it's so central for everyone. It's so easy for Mm -hmm. women to come after work or wherever they're coming from. And the five to seven window works well too. So my business model um, was that the networking, the monthly networking events are always free. Like that just breaks down another barrier to you coming out and making a connection. Right. Your only excuse is time. Yes. (laughs) All you have to do is show up. Right. And you can stay for five minutes or you can stay for two hours. You can linger. We've had women meet for the first time, talk for two hours, and then go out to dinner together. Yeah. And that is like so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so now, six years later, it is in a place, of course, COVID kind of threw me off the rails and I had two kids. So I took some, took a step back. Um, small town was really growing. I was starting to grow it with some like additional paid workshops right before COVID. And then COVID hit and we just, I just said, no, I'm taking the safe route. I don't know what this is. No one's going to come anyway. I'm not going to be the reason why people get sick and whatever. It came back to like the legal stuff too. Right. Just like all the <laughs> bad risky. reviews, all that stuff went through my brain. Mm-hmm. So it took a couple years off. And then now I've just come back to it within like the last year and a half. And it's a totally different community. A lot of women have moved. And it's not just military women. It's moms. It's, you know, single, married, retired. I have women from 21 to 85 show up. And it is glorious. It is. It's a great vibe of women. So... There's a lot coming in 2024 for us. Um, I'm launching a membership program, which is really exciting. And then I booked the Fair Barn for an all-female conference. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that the other day. Oh, my gosh. Tell us about that. So. (laughs) Or whatever you can share. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So I'm hosting that conference in, it's the first day of spring, March 19th, 2024. I booked the Fair Barn and it's just a day of personal development. All the ladies who have ever been to a small town or haven't just buy a ticket and come for a full day of just treating yourself. And I'm not sure of all of the specifics yet because it's still unfolding. Yeah. I literally was on a walk probably three weeks ago and had this massive intuitive download that was like, you need to make small town social a thing. This is your time to take this seriously. 
So in the span of 48 hours, I officially registered it as a business, as an LLC. And I had had the trademark already since it started. Like, what was that going to do for me? Who Which cares? is such a great name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had this, I had this gut feeling that I was just, this is it. You know, I've been asking the universe over and over, like the marketing stuff is cool and fun, but I'm tired. And I feel like I'm meant to use these skills to grow small town. And so that's what I started doing. I just legitimized, like I had a to-do list. I booked out all the socials for 2024. I just took it so seriously. And then I don't know, me being me was like, I think it's time for like that conference you've wanted to do since you were five, like that, that big fun party where you get to speak and you get to talk and let other women talk about what they're doing and just have a day of connection and camaraderie and do fun exercises. And I just went for it. Um, I actually got married at the fair barn. So I knew the event coordinator there and she was like, yep, date's free. And I was like, okay, I'm okay, doing this. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a sign. So we signed at the fair barn. We, who's we? It's me. It's the it's collective just, we. Like, hello. It's because we feel the need to have to have <laughs> it like, be like a, a thing that insulates us a little yeah. bit, I think. Like mm-hmm. I'm actually doing this alone. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the big thing on the board for, for the new year. And I, could have waited but I just figured March it's like before spring break it's before Easter it's before summer with small town social I don't really host socials from like July until October because everyone leaves so Mm, I knew I wanted it to happen like right after winter people are like eager to get out of their shells Mm -hmm. and just start fresh so what better way to like kick off Q1 and just jump into a new year doing something fun like that. And that's just one of the things I'm doing a vision board workshop too, uh, in January, which is going to be really fun. Something that I've always loved to do. I don't know if either of you have ever, (laughs) Oh yeah, I feel like such a nerd, but uh, (laughs) it's just, I'm kind of reflecting on all of these modalities that have just helped me in my whole life, not just as a marketer and not just because I want to make money. It's just, things that are genuinely cool and like open your eyes to yourself in a new way. I really, my mission with small town aside from making friends is just like helping other women shine their inner light as cheesy as that sounds. Like I want these women to feel like they truly love themselves and that they're coming back home to themselves. If that makes sense, because we get caught up in the day-to-day life of doing this and that and running a business and being parents. And it's hard to find time to do what we really enjoy. And I'm living proof of that. I'm in that right now. And it's hard for me to find that me time. But I know every month that I can show up one day, one night and be with a group of women who are just looking for the same thing. And that is so powerful. Like I said, the energy in that room, it is it's expansive. It's, it's really, really wonderful. So I'm so thankful for that. So what kinds of things can people expect to see on that day? Oh my goodness. So I'm going to do a couple of chats, but my whole mission with, with this day long event is that I don't want these women to sit in a chair all day and listen to people talk. And I don't want them to be bombarded by businesses to like buy stuff and do all this. I really want it to be kind of the format of a retreat. Like, like I said, treat yourself to a day off of work, you know, and I'm going to provide some resources for childcare if you don't have it. And 
let's sit. We're going to do some roundtable discussions. We're going to do a few workshops. I'm partnering with a lot of other women in town. My friend Alex, who has done some events um, with the co, Peyton, who you guys just had on the Mm -hmm. podcast with Cabin. Um, My friend Tori, who specializes in non-alcoholic beverages. She's coming on to, I think in January. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee and mimosas. She's doing some great stuff. So uh, she was actually the first gal that I met with because a lot of people I think see small town and assume that we're a drinking club and it's very important to me that people know that we are <laughs> I don't not mean to laugh because yes. it's a it's a real thing yeah we just it hasn't aired well at this point it will have aired but we just talked about this on the podcast drinking and just how pervasive it is yeah. in our society yes. we use it to grieve we use it to celebrate we use it for absolutely everything it's a crutch instead of it being a reward it's like it can be absolutely so i was telling her when we when we met i was like my goal with small town is like i want to teach women women to be brave without the beverage like you can show up and you can have pellegrino i don't care i drink out of the stanley cup every single event because Mm -hmm. i need to like talk and yeah maybe i'll have a glass of champagne here and there but that is not the mission of small town it's not to encourage that type of behavior but if that's Have you what, heard that from people or is that just your the, perception? I think it's my perception and my ego a bit kind of tapping in like this thing has been so amazing. Like what's, who, you know, who's going to come in and just like jab me in the side with this, this type of comment. I think it's just me and my PR brain being like, all right, where's that person going to come from? And I'm so I don't know. I because I haven't heard that. No, and I haven't and I don't either. think that. I yeah. didn't either. I, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that makes me feel really good. I didn't. I never would have thought that either. I did have somebody um, that I hired that moved here from further away, and when she f- was first getting plugged in here, she goes, "Okay, so I'm realizing the big things about our community are CrossFit and drinking beer," mm. <laughs> and I was like. Hmm, I hadn't never noticed that, but it's all in the people you sure, mingle totally. with, like clearly. And so it's like, well, I know, I don't know if I, I know like two or three people that do CrossFit but, yeah. <laughs> and then drinking beer. I mean, you know, that's, that's pretty common, but I think it was also close to the same time. Like Southern Pines Brewing Company was mm. really getting hatchet. I mean, they're all, yeah. Yeah. Oh, all and those breweries. events are so fun, but they're very obviously drinking focused because that's their business model right. there breweries mm-hmm. and that makes perfect sense yes. and our you that's know you do. the the primary market around here is military mm-hmm. folks and that's the military way of life i hate to say it part of the culture part of the culture red yeah. bull beer cigarettes you know and that's just what it is yeah and some some folks just don't know how to step away from that and they do them but that was kind of a big probably the biggest reason that I decided to grow a small town into something more because I'm seeing the connections these women are making at my monthly socials and I want to help them deepen them and know that there is more we don't just have to go out for a glass of wine or sit around this table like let's do something more together Mm -hmm. and like I was saying before COVID I did a few workshops we did we did a paint and sip which was fun And then we also did a makeup tutorial class and that was at the old store, um, the estate of things. Do you girls Mm -hmm. remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we did like a shopping and it was for Valentine's day, which is like something that I do big every year. And, um, that was really fun. So I knew the interest was there. It was like, 
an opportunity for these women to just use their brains in a different way and like yeah. take the pressure off of just sitting and having a conversation. Let's do an activity together. So that's a lot of what the conference is going to be. It's, you know, a lot of hands on, um, like I said, partnering with some other gals to do some meditations and mindfulness and I'm catering lunch and there's going to be all sorts of goodies and surprises for the day. So when do tickets go on sale? Do you have all of that figured out pricing and tickets and all of that? So January, um, this will probably have aired by then. So tickets are on sale. Go buy them. <laughs> there's, there's an early bird rate. Um, if you jump in early. So, uh, yeah, if you guys are subscribers, all of my insider peeps get the goodies first. But yeah, and then I'm probably going to sell them until we sell out. I'm going to cap it at um, 150 just because it's the first time and I don't want to take on more than I can handle. It's a lot of people. Yeah, and I'd love to like do it every year. So I just want to make sure, you know, the you first time. You can recreate is, it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, we'll see how it goes. I'm so excited for it. It's going to be what it is. You know, it's just me as a human just trying to help other humans and that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Which Let's is just the have greatest fun. Thing. Can we just have fun for a day? You know? <laughs> yeah. And it takes some courage for you not only to create it, but for people to show up. Yeah. So yeah. often, like we get messages when we do She's the Boss socials and mm -hmm. people are like, this is so far out of my comfort zone. I'm not sure I have anything to share, mm -hmm. you know? And that's where the liquid courage comes in. Like, yeah. Okay. I'll just have a few mimosas Ooh. and then I'll be fine. Yeah. Right. And you know, of course you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you also will be fine if you're sober mm -hmm. because you are a intelligent, competent, beautiful human being. Yes. Just sit in that space for a little while. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of courage right now in our society to do that and just show up to events that will get you out of your comfort zone. Yes. And for a lot of people listening, they're probably like, oh gosh, it's meditation. We have to get vulnerable. You know, show up. All you yes. have to do is just show up. Just show up. Yeah. Yeah. And if med if you don't know how to meditate, I say like do the Ron Swanson. He's <laughs> just like I just closed my eyes and thought of nothing. I don't know mm -hmm. what the big deal is about this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't care if you sit there and you journal. Like just be in that space with yourself and be willing to just make one friend. Just say hello to one other person and see what happens mm -hmm. because you are not going to go into that event and be the same person when you come out. No way. We um when I first started encore here in 2019 I went to one of your socials and what I thought was cool it was at the wine cellar um and so I like just hopped over from work and walked around the corner Yay. but what I thought was cool about it it was such a variety of women mm -hmm. like there was one lady and I was like so have you been to these before and she was like yeah I come to all of them and I was like oh what made you come she goes all I do is sit in my house and crochet. Oh. So I really need oh to get God. out and like meet people and talk to people. Yeah. And I, I get was a like, lot of that. oh, wow. <laughs> like such a different, you so know. many different walks of life. That's right. like part of my tagline. It's like, there's just no other way to say it. There's so many different scenarios that you could be in as a woman. And a lot of those women may be alone with their hobbies. And it's so hard for them to get out of their comfort zone. But the courage that it took for that woman mm -hmm. to show, to walk through that door, let alone sit down and then tell you that. I know. I was just going to like out herself. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, all I do is sit around and crochet. All right. Whoever like, that fine. was, call me because yeah. I need to talk to you. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We great. get a lot of that. And it's, it's really interesting to see um, when I have a new girl show up to an event to see her transformation once she starts going to like by the third time she's come, it is like 
night and day. Like the first time she shows up, she's quiet. She's timid. She sits at the same table and lets people come to her. By the third or fourth event, she is like mingling, circulating, like Mm -hmm. I'm circulating. She is happy. You know, she is just in her zone. And that is, that's something else. Like there's something there. And imagine what that's doing for her, whatever her, her thing is in life. You know, this is just such a small part of these women's lives, but what they're taking from this, whether it's consciously or subconsciously into their everyday life, whether they're stay at home moms, whether they're in the military, whether they have spouses in the military, whether they're business owners or they work for another company or they're retired, maybe they went home and they were inspired to take that next really hard step in whatever it is that they've been worrying about because they were like, you know what? This was hard, but I did it. I went to small town and I did it. And I talked to this other girl and she did it and I'm going to go fucking do it myself. And that makes me, oh gosh, I just love it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when we talk about building confidence, yeah, confidence is born when you make those courageous decisions Mm -hmm. to show up for yourself into the unknown and put yourself out there. And then the next time it gets a little bit easier. And then the next time it gets a little bit easier, then all of a sudden you're the one roaming the room saying Mm -hmm. hello to strangers when you're like, holy shit, I don't even know if I can walk in here the first time, you know? And that's like, that's what life is about. It's just about connecting. I think people are getting so exhausted by trying to stay in touch online. And of course we are so lucky to have resources Mm -hmm. like FaceTime and text messaging and social media. Like that is incredible. But people are tired and they miss it's not the, the old school. Yeah. Let's stop pretending it's yeah. the same thing. It is, it not. is not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about who life is just all about who, you know, so you need to make those connections one way or another. And FaceTime is the best way to help someone remember you and like really create those Literal lasting FaceTime in person. <laughs> yes. in, in person. person. Yeah. 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 Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah. The human to human connection. Yes. Because you get to see body language. You get mm-hmm. to look into somebody's eyes and see their face and, mm-hmm. you know, just really be able to, like Caitlin was saying the other day, like, your nervous system meets my nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. We're able to like share in the same space and our energies can be received. That Mm -hmm. sounds kind of woo woo, but like I'm literally, you know, you can feel another person's energy Mm -hmm. and you don't get that on FaceTime. You don't get that on zoom. That's why that connection is so hard, especially when you don't know people. Can you Mm -hmm. imagine? Well, I can't imagine because I've done this. I've been in mastermind groups that are virtual, which are great, but it's like so different, such the surface level touching the tip of the iceberg, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're like, Hey, how's it going? You know, Mm -hmm. uh, small talk. It's really cold outside today, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and you can start there. But when you're in person, it's so much easier to dive in a little bit deeper. Well, and that's why we love our social events too, because, you know, we all stand up and introduce ourselves and what our business is. And so we had, you know, our, our boss giving for the Thanksgiving event and, you know, people just kind of sat with people that they knew or semi Mm -hmm. knew. And there were a few people there that didn't know anybody. And it, they were just making those connections with the people around them, but we made everyone get out of their comfort but zone. But even that, if I can just say, looking around and seeing all of these people in like deep conversation halfway through the, their meal, mm-hmm. I mean, I was kind of nervous because I was like, how's this going to go, right? Like, <laughs> are people going to sit there in silence? Is it going to be weird? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Is this even an idea? We that's... were like, do we need talking points for people? Right. Yeah. Um, 
And just like looking around, I was like, oh shit. Okay. People are into talking to each other. Yeah. This is great. It's same type of experience. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> then we push them out of their comfort zone to introduce themselves and talk about their business. But it was super neat because I was, well, as people were introducing themselves, I wasn't watching the person introducing themselves. I was watching everybody else. Love that. And then it was just like, oh, and I saw people literally pointing like, okay. And then like writing their yeah. name down or, oh, okay. Yes. And then afterwards just saw them like making to a flame. Yes, yes. Like all the connections. And it was just like, isn't it the best? This real it estate awesome. photographer was there and there was a realtor there and it was boom. like, boom, you know, the bridal shop and a bridal photographer and a florist mm -hmm. and a, you know, just Gosh. all these other people. And it's, it's a gift for us to be able to see those connections be made. Mm -hmm. And all we had to do was plain of, an event and Caitlin got to decorate it the way she loves to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. And the aesthetics were great. No, so beautiful. It is, it is really cool to facilitate connection, especially mm -hmm. when you're all about people, you know, mm -hmm. like you are about relationships and yeah. how we interact together and to be a pivotal part of that, especially in this small town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is just such a gift. It is. It's such a gift. I, I love that I get the opportunity to do this. Like, are you kidding? It doesn't even feel real. Like when you love what you do, mm -hmm. it's just so fun. And of course there's hard parts like freaking business insurance and all the legal crap and the mm -hmm. bad reviews, but that means you're growing. Mm -hmm. That means you're doing something really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, and, you know, we didn't talk about this, but if you're disgruntled, you'll oftentimes want to leave the bad review because you're like, oh, so angry. Mm -hmm. Rarely do you like leave somewhere and you're like, that was so great. I'm going to go write a review. Right. right? Yes. You're just like, I'm going to keep coming back. Exactly. You know, exactly. So that's such a good point. Let's make it a point <laughs> when we like something, when we're let's enjoying something, it. let's talk about it and write the review because yes. reviews do matter. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's anyway. something I just started doing with small town too. I was like, Oh, um, I should probably start, you know, asking women they're, for their written opinions uh -huh. for this. And I sent out a few messages after the last small town while it was still fresh. And these women were sending me like really long text messages. And I'm like, this is super, I don't know. I'm just learning something new every single second mm -hmm. of the day about this. That's really smart. Yeah. So yes, here's to a, a new year full of good reviews for everybody. Yeah. And being open to the feedback, even if it's not yes. a Google review, it's like, you know, we send out surveys to our parents mm -hmm. every year. Um, so smart. Before we do like teacher evaluations and stuff like that and ask mm -hmm. about their experience in the classroom. What would they like to see different? What, what do they wish, you know, would have happened as far as communication? Um, just all sorts of questions. And typically it's anonymous because people are going to share a little bit more, but it's not public. It's right. coming directly to us. And we've asked for the feedback. And that's, I think, one thing I've learned over the years is like, Ask for the feedback. Mm -hmm. Don't be resistant to it. Mm -hmm. Ask for it so then you can amend or, you know, try and meet them as much where they want to be met at as yep. you can reasonably. Yep. Be proactive you know? because when you're reactive, that is when people go online and they'll share their feelings with their Facebook friends instead of with you mm -hmm. from within. So, yes, that's proactive. happened. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and not you know, whatever, you know. But our business was tagged in the post. <laughs> so I felt like it was... I'm going to break out just hearing that. <laughs> so how do you kind of back to that? Because I have, there's some people that I'm like, okay, I really need to decide 
if I'm just going to cave on this, because this is the type of person that will go blast me negatively Mm -hmm. everywhere. So do I let them get their way or do I stand firm in my policies because I don't want to be blasted negatively everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's like the hardest for me. You know, I I can handle now a negative post and how to reply and stuff like that. But that's the hardest thing is like, okay, is this worth and having to make that decision? A lot of times it's, it's a financial thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. If they go blast negatively, how, how many clients could we potentially lose? Because I know this person's personality and how they'll blow it out of proportion or can I just sacrifice this current dollar mm-hmm. amount and mm-hmm. give them their way? Yeah. And then I was just going to say, be. you know, I think a lot of us as business owners feel like our customers are controlling us when really we are in control and we get to decide who we want to work with. And that's easier for service providers like us um, versus someone who is a brick and mortar store and a customer walks in and then walks out and then right. posts on the internet. Right. That's a little different. However, if that person is also posting negative stuff, other places on the internet, it's people are going to pick up on that. Yeah. So I, I would just say like, look at it from both lenses, you know, being mindful that yeah, you are in control and from a financial standpoint, it's probably not worth the headaches or the money to like try and keep this person you could let that person go and it'll open up a space to bring in the person that's right for you right yeah that's what I always think about a few specific people I'm like they also stand around and say this stuff out loud and people are going to take it for a grain of salt but I just always worry about because it's a military town Mm -hmm. all the new people coming in that don't know this person Mm -hmm. right (laughs) that are going to see it and be like oh what they did that yeah I always do the analysis of like cost benefit yeah right like me too is it going to take four hours of my time to like go back and forth with this person or you know talk to the attorney and then Mm. pay the attorney when it's like oh they're they have some argument about how much aftercare they used and it's a hundred dollars, right? Like, okay. Big deal. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Where do we draw the line? Exactly. (laughs) And so I think it requires that discernment, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not the same every single time, Yeah. which is hard, especially when you have a team of people who's also Mm -hmm. making decisions, you know, and I'm like, use discernment. And they're like, but I'm not sure what that means for this thing. And I'm like, yeah, that requires my discernment, you know? Um, so yeah, it is, it is a hard thing. That's why the attorney is great too. <laughs> yeah. Cause I would say the hardest one is when it's a disgruntled employee that, and it's like, they've oh, built a so really hard. good relationship. That's totally different ball game right there. Right. And they've mm-hmm. built a good relationship and something that's so hard now is that we have social media. Mm-hmm. So it can be quickly put out to everybody. And then if you do anything in writing, (laughs) then it's quickly put out. And so it's just social media is great in that it helps you get your business out there. Mm -hmm. But then your business is out there Mm -hmm. (laughs) like forever, forever. And so, yeah, our free advice from our attorney is (laughs) if you are okay with them posting anything (laughs) that you send for anybody Mm -hmm. to see, then send it. Otherwise, oh, you mean like an email? Don't send it. Yeah, like an email. Like, because it's technically illegal for people to go defame you mm-hmm. after they leave. Mm-hmm. And you can remind those people this is illegal FYI. for you. Mm-hmm. But how much more damage is it going to do if they then post that you've 
threatened legal mm-hmm. <laughs> action. Yeah. So it's, it's this, so hard for me because I it see can, it from a, such a different yeah. perspective. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Just but, like I'm not going to publicly say anything about you to our employees, our families, the internet, anything. Like mm-hmm. this is a private interaction. Right. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, so now people are going to see you as the business owner publicly or like threatening, if you will, a former employee that they like because they believe the lies or, you know, feel sorry for this person or whatever. Well, you've had some wild stories. Well, yeah, I work with artists. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, you're doing great because the fact that you're having these conversations and that you've already worked through it over the years and you are set up in your business to handle this stuff like you're fine people are going to be crazy no matter what but Mm. you have a great support system behind you it sounds like and that's that's really what is the key here for sure yeah ask for help people when you need it yeah so you but it's that cost analysis like benefit like Mm -hmm. you're saying like is it worth me telling this person or will this person eventually reveal themselves and all the people that I care about within our company will eventually see the truth. And that's mm-hmm. what I believe. I believe the truth will always reveal itself yep. on truth its own. Will out. Right. And yep. that I don't, I don't need to help reveal the truth. Mm-hmm. They'll figure it out eventually. And then, and if they don't karma, then, honey. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, if they don't, then they don't. Then yeah. Then, and you're moving on. Yeah. Right. Like how much is it worth? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I already totally. had to pay an attorney to yeah. tell me not to do anything. <laughs> I love that that's their answer usually. Like usually you already know the answer know. that they're about to tell you oh that you're going to pay them like $300 for. Yeah. And then they tell you and you're like, cool. I was already tracking that. Mm, yeah, Got it. Like, Don't do anything. I'm like, okay, well, well, Because also I think a lot of business owners like think too like, oh, I can sue you and blah, 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 blah. And then your attorney's like, okay, it's going to be about $1,500 to file that paperwork and then to show, you know, to serve them a cease and desist or like whatever it is. And you're like, Oh, okay. Let's scale back. Um, (laughs) do it. Like how much is my like anger in this moment? Yes. Not that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. Anyway. And I've never gotten to the point where I would, I was threatening to sue. I just wanted to remind somebody like, what, what good are you getting out of (laughs) this? And reminder of how much we helped you. Cause Mm -hmm. it's part of our business model. We'll bend over backwards. Like if a a staff member's like, yeah, my power was cut off. Like we'll call and pay their power bill and make sure they're surviving. Or I've got this going on or like a medical issue and they're going to be out of work for a while. I still pay them. I want them to know that they're valued. So it like is a punch in the gut when later, you know, you've done all of this. And that's why I'm saying the truth will always come out. Like, you know, in your heart, you did everything to help people. And that's all you can do. And that's all you can do. And if anyone ever comes to me personally, I'll just be, I'm, I know it's really sad that that happened. We tried to help them mm-hmm. by doing this. And unfortunately, some people yeah. just get stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of like really making sure that you're doing everything you can yeah. the right way. Lead and with your heart and just be a good human, you mm-hmm. know, and everything else will just kind of fall into place how it needs to fall into place. That's yeah. what I've found. 
Yeah. I think, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, this all goes back to being liked versus being respected. Yes. (laughs) And I think that oftentimes we so badly, mostly as women, want to be liked so much that Mm -hmm. we're willing to push the boundary or say like, okay, this one time I'll do this thing Mm -hmm. or, oh, I won't, you know, enforce this or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, but why doesn't anyone respect me? I do all these things for everybody Mm. and I bend over backwards and I do all of this stuff. And then they wonder when I say no one time that I'm being a bitch, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever it is. It's it's a really tricky balance. I think you can have both eventually, but it it takes some time and forcing the boundaries to say like, no, we have to respect this for what it is and protect the community. This is why I'm saying no to this and always Mm -hmm. providing the explanation, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, yes, you can still be liked and be respected. Yeah. It's just a balancing act. Yeah. And you have to have the people in your business that balance you out because, yeah. you know, my my number two person is an Enneagram too and will help mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. all yeah. the time so much. And that's a great balance for me because I'm, you know, I'm kind of a tough love person with yeah. my kids and everything. And I'm like, well, mm. they kind of got themselves there yeah <laughs> she's like well let's try this I'm yeah, like, okay a different perspective we'll look at it yeah. a little bit that way and you know you run with that mm-hmm. so and i think yeah. like when in doubt too just community over competition right end game yep. like i why is everyone on top of each other like we're all in our own lane doing our own thing you know like just collaborate and like connect with people instead of like your first thought being like what the hell are they doing and like Mm -hmm. they're taking my idea and they're doing this and they're doing that and it's like absolutely not they're their own person they're doing their own thing with their own audience and like if you can't handle that then maybe this you know isn't for you maybe business ownership is like not for you because there's competition everywhere it's never going to end and that makes you stronger yeah and that Mm -hmm. comes back to that perfectionist mindset it's like yeah you had a cool idea but you're not the first person to think of it like everything (laughs) has been done in the entirety of time yeah it has all been done yeah and i think there's just way more strength in you again asking for help and collaborating instead of putting those walls up and just being alone with yourself and those awesome ideas because you're too afraid that you're going to get judged or you're going to get those bad reviews or someone's going to come at you for taking their idea and all this other stuff. It's just not how life is supposed to be. Well, first expect it's going to happen. Yeah. Just somebody's going to take some sort of idea. How Mm -hmm. flattering. Uh, Somebody is going to give you a bad review. Somebody's yeah. not going to like you. Yeah. Somebody's going to hate the sound of people your voice. Are going there are to people hate you. that yeah. might mm-hmm. not listen to this because of my voice. Yeah. <laughs> but you know Get what over I mean? It. Like, I sniffled just, a few times. Sorry. <laughs> it, that is the nature of what we do. Mm-hmm. And just as human beings, yeah. you know, um, I, we talk all the time about how much we collaborate yeah. in our community specifically and how unique we are yes. that we all can connect and then even not even like industry specific, like, Oh, you're doing this thing. I can like pull that in in some unique way to my business that has nothing to do with your business. Um, but watching the collaboration among amongst like businesses Mm -hmm. has been really interesting. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all, the three of us are a prime example, right? Yeah. Like, which we I all kind connect of like, women. And at first, I, yeah. you know, at first as a woman and like a newer business owner, it's only been a few years. I'm just like, oh, my God, I haven't done small town in two years. And then all this new stuff is coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck is happening? Is it over? Yeah. Feeling and then that I was anxiety. just like, 
release, you know, and do what you've always done and just say hello and like introduce yourself. And like, I think it's great now, you know, now after I had my initial breakdown. Well, that's what I was going to say is we can feel all those things. We can feel like, like, holy shit, what's happening? My time is over, whatever it <laughs> it's is. Done. Yeah. I'm expired. Have oh. those feelings, recognize yeah. them, sit with them. It's totally okay to feel that way. And then say, like, okay, well, what am I going to do? Now, yeah. how am I going to handle it? You know? Yeah. And you can look at it from like that lens of fear and competition, or you can look at it from the lens of like, they're also helping the community and they're helping women. And like, that is the whole point of all of this and what you wanted to do. So I look at, you know, you two doing amazing things. And then I came, I randomly met my friend Alex with the co and she came actually to my last small town social event. And she told me about her sip shop and swap. And I was like, again, I was like, (gasps) and then I was like, no, this is super cool. And it's totally different. And even if it was the same, I don't give a fuck anymore because you're serving women and you're serving our community. And then we found out that like, we had been already talking on social media DMs for like (laughs) six months. And I'm like, so the more you just let yourself remain open to these connections so much more is going to come out of it than if you just clench up and you know like try and avoid it or resist it I guess is the word so um you guys want to partner up you want to hang out (laughs) yeah 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 you guys want to be friends (laughs) that's what we do we're like hey and I'll be transparent about this and we when we first saw that you were doing a big thing we were like "Mm," because we're also planning like a conference but it's completely different Mm -hmm. yeah than what you're doing like they're two different things um some things will touch on the same things but at the same time they're also different months of the year different seasons of people's lives and what they're looking for some people that may want to go to one can't just because they've already got a vacation planned yeah (laughs) like and they're just different things that we're offering and and we looked at that and talked about that um the two of us as well and we're like well and that's one of the things I love about what you're doing it's all different women not just business owners it's the late you're giving that lady that sat in her house and crocheted by herself a place to come I initially came to the small town social because I just started a new business Mm -hmm. and I was like I don't know anybody in this community and I need to network but even me as someone that's willing to just go tell everybody about what I do Mm -hmm. I like I was nervous and so but that gave me courage to see her there I was like man think how nervous she is when I've already been to every business association meeting, mm-hmm. I literally walked around like you did downtown, mm-hmm. talked about our business. Hey, I'm your new neighbor. Here's I just, my business card. Here's my business card. It's so uncomfortable, but it's awkward. it really is. But then when you go back and make those, you know, like you said, every time you go, it's more mm-hmm. comfortable than when you go as a consumer, they're like, oh, she's not just coming in here to talk about their business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the the two different socials, they're totally yeah. different things. And there's a place for for everybody yeah. to do those. And things. I think it's just like this is just a prime example, ladies listening, of the conversations that we're supposed to have. Like, right. I'm so over like when I first moved here, I don't know if you girls felt this way, but it was very like sorority 
like clicky and that's I live in Pinehurst so (laughs) you can imagine like the country club vibes and like the older folks and just like the general vibe of that area I did feel that way when I first moved here me too and then I was like totally new to the military life too and I you know started hanging out in Southern Pines and then I'm like I'm so out of my league here like what is all this and I just I had a lot of honestly like traumas that I had to deal with that were coming up from the past like being bullied in high school like college like all of this weird stuff that just being in a new place like it just came up for me and so like starting small town was horrifying <laughs> like it was the scariest thing that I've ever done and I, I don't know I'm just now I'm sitting here and I get to talk to you too and yeah. like what on earth so just to have vulnerable conversations what helped you get over yeah. that um I think I'm just like wired to be curious about things. Mm -hmm. So if I have like this initial reaction, like when I saw that, Mm -hmm. I initially was like, oh, this is similar, but this could be super cool, you know? And so then I get curious, like, what is this going to look like? Who's it going to serve? You know, Mm -hmm. my mind just starts rolling with questions, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's how I process. Great choice. Yes. Yeah. Like just process like the feeling of like... I don't even want to call it anxiety, but it's just like initial like, oh, okay, what does this look like now for me? You know, Mm -hmm. like, how do I feel about this? Like, uh, it immediately goes to questions in my head and curiosity of like, what it is going to be specifically like your event, like what, who's going to be there? Who is it going to serve? Like, where is it? What is it going to look like? Um, just all the questions. And I think that's how I deal with most change in my life is I immediately get curious about things because I don't generally like my first judgment or opinion on things. Mm-hmm. Even when I meet people, I used to be very much like, oh, first impressions are, are everything. And I do think that they are very significant, but I don't think they are everything yeah. anymore. I think that you have to take a first impression with a kind of a grain of salt and then give people yeah, like you I know, was... an opportunity to connect again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, like and I was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, oh, I was going to say, and that will still like always creep up like our old initial reactions triggers we handle thing and triggers Mm -hmm. and so and and i think caitlin and i talk about this all the time something that happens in your 30s that makes you like sit back and go oh why did i react yeah like or do i I like that do i like that part of myself do i want to keep that part of myself just trust yourself like just keep trying things and like realize that You're you're processing things in real time. It's not like you're, you know, a trigger happens and you're like, okay, I'm going to sit for 30 minutes and let this marinate. It's like, we don't, that's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. It's like, we are in motion. Like the momentum is moving and like, we're doing things in our lane and like someone else comes into the lane, you know, and you just got to make room. Always. Here's my thing is I would never have the expectation that somebody is not going to do the same thing I am. Yeah. That would be so unrealistic. Yes. Like, why would that ever be a thing? Like you said, nothing is new. Yeah. There is nothing new. What is new is your ability to do that thing. No one will do it the way I do it. No one will do it the way you do it. And no one will do it the way you do it. Because we are unique humans. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make us like special or like fancy or whatever. But we each have our own personality and spin on things. And that's the beauty in it. Yes. So I also go back to that thing. Like, well, sure. Like put on this thing. This is so wonderful. And also know that I would do it in a different way, Mm -hmm. you know, because better, worse doesn't even matter. It's just 
<clears throat> it would be different because I am a different human with a different perspective. Yeah. Right. And, and different experience, like different background. And yeah. that's like you said, it's the beauty of it. And we talk about imposter syndrome all the time. Oh. And that's like such a big that fickle bitch. <laughs> we yes. haven't talked about her in a long time though. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't, but that's what I really felt like when we moved here because like I moved and all these people around me, even the first neighbor I met, she's like, the, the first one goes, yeah, I don't fit in here because that person's a doctor and that person's a doctor and this person's a doctor and mm. we just do this. And I was like, oh, well then I'll fit in with you. But I'm like, what does their career path have to do with anything yeah, about just one little part of us who they are, yeah. you know, and it's like, we worked hard to buy this house. We like were smart over the past 10, 15 years about how we're going to invest in property in order to get what we want. And I just had that imposter syndrome and the same thing. I was like, this is very much like a sorority kind of area. I don't think I'm going to fit in, but it was all in my head. Totally. Nobody did. Ego. Yeah. Ugh. Nobody did anything to me for me to think that. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to go to fit for mom. And that's what like how I met. Art. came out of your show. Yeah, that's how I met Lolly that was on our podcast. That's how I met Bethany. Mm -hmm. And that is how I met community here. And it was, oh, we're all in the same season. Mm -hmm. We are all moms of young children. And most of us are working moms. And I didn't go with the intention of networking. I went with the intention of making friends mm -hmm. and meeting people. And then I was only there for like a few months when I got put on bed rest. And they f just flocked to mm. help me. Oh, and I that's was so like, sweet. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. I, I made friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, I was just like, oh, she's a doctor's wife and she's this and she's that. And I just don't fit in. And they're going to think <laughs> like I was so yeah. in my head about it. And then it was just like, oh, okay. That's not like they're just also normal people. They just yeah. met. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and this is like, you know, we talked about with Kelsey Moore placing mm -hmm. value on what your you life. You're talking about your value being what you do for a living. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. With her, we talked about it with how you look or your health. Right. We are inherently valuable no matter what we do for a living, who we're married to, um, you know, what house we live in, all of those things. And it gets so lost in the sauce when we are lucky, blessed, have worked our asses off to be where we are. But when we have very little problems in our life, like, you know, we have a roof over our head that we built with our custom fixing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, our our level of problems are like here. Whereas like most of the world's problems are like down here. Like we wouldn't even know what it was like to not have running water. You know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we fixate on these things of like, oh, she doesn't have any wrinkles on her forehead. That must mm. be so great. That must be. <laughs> and what's, what's she crazy? She has so many followers. Right. Oh, my God. I'm not as good as her because right. I don't have that many followers. Oh, my gosh. How many times has that thought gone through your head? Realistically? Yeah. Never. Like, oh. <laughs> She's not really on social media. Can I be inside your brain? <laughs> oh. I'm like, oh, never. But what's cool is they look at us the other way. They're like, oh. One of our neighbors is like, okay, comes to my husband. Tell me stories. I want to hear stories. <laughs> sure. And I'm like, oh, Yeah. 
he is a badass. Right. <laughs> oh, you're like, cool. yeah. yeah. And then they're like, hey, how do you do this? Or do you offer guitar lessons? I'm like, oh, yeah, I do have something valuable to offer. Yeah. So you just have to like, rewire your brain yeah or what it, that's why i love gratitude so much belinda ellsworth or somebody like that i remember listening to forever ago that's like retrain your brain retrain mm-hmm. yeah it may not be her but so much somebody. of it is old programming that we've dealt with as women you know like we are like in the society set up to fail naturally and so we put our guard up and we have this protective barrier around ourselves and when we take those big steps and those big leaps and we do something that we feel is awesome and a huge deal. And then we feel, you know, that outward energy of other people doing something similar. Our natural instinct is to be like, haha, what the fuck am I going to do here? Mm -hmm. So it's exactly like you just said, like reprogramming that mindset and realizing that we are just stronger together than apart. Like, what do you think that is? Like I you said, know. we're set up to fail naturally. Like, what do you, do you mean like as like a society? Traditionally, yeah, as like in what? society, like compared to men, if we're like, I mean, think about just the workplace alone. Think about how hard it is for women to like get maternity leave paid. And think about how hard it is for women to get childcare. Like at what point is that up to the man, right? And that's like a whole rabbit hole that we can go mm-hmm. down on. But from a like a, a perspective of providing resources to women. Like what is there? You know, we've had to create so much of this ourselves and like, look at all of the communities online that are just thriving with women because they've decided to team up instead of, you know, do their own thing all the time and like resist it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just the mom groups alone, it's like a running joke. It's like, Oh, there's the Facebook group, you know, (laughs) but there's power in that for women. Like that is, some women's lifeline and um especially in a military town exactly their partner is gone (laughs) yeah (laughs) like so much of everything is up to us as women that's just like traditionally how it's always been and the men went off and they worked and the women stayed home and they did the thing but now look at how many women are in the workforce and Mm -hmm. doing their own thing they're being freaking bosses Mm -hmm. and the the world has to shift and make room for us and i love that i just here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like such a, an interesting topic because you talk about feminism in its true form. Yeah. And it's not the idea that females are better than men. Right. Or no, that's not what I mean at all. That just dominate men. Yeah. yeah. Like in its true form, it's like, yes, yes, there is beautiful things that women offer and should have access to and all of these things. And it does not mean we are now dominant over you, which I right. think is what has happened Power. over the last Power decade. Shift, yeah. 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 And it's like, no, can we just acknowledge that there are so many beautiful things in being a female yes. that uh, men do not have? And then there are wonderful things that men offer that women do not have. And how do we create the balancing act of the things like you're talking about mm-hmm. of childcare? Like, we were just talking about this. I don't even know who was here, but you know, it's the mom's like, okay, we're going on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> who's setting up like where the dog's going to go, where the kids mm-hmm. are going to go, who's watching the kids, um, who's going to get the mail, you know, like the, the mental load that women carry yes. for those specific tasks is significant. But we were, I almost feel like we were created to do that. Like, I think like it, we just know. Yeah. yeah like it's we like just, part yeah. Of us. yeah, it's, it's, 
intuition and, mm-hmm. and that's our ability. And I do think women like do have a superpower in the fact mm-hmm. that, yeah. oh, I can, can adapt. I can literally yeah. work and feed a child at the same time and nurse yes. a child at mm-hmm. the same time. I'm walking <laughs> on a, I'm standing at my standing desk on a treadmill with my baby strapped to my chest, right. working, typing on a keyboard. Yeah. Right. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> and how did this happen? How yeah. did I get here? Yeah, yeah I agree. The adaptability. I, yes. And we are freaking powerhouses. Yeah. <laughs> and it's become so taboo to allow the traditional roles of male and female to happen. And mm-hmm. I just don't. In what sense? Like... I think I do think women can do a lot of what men do, but men are made differently, just like women are made differently. Yeah. Exactly what I'm saying. Agreed. But like in our house, we follow those traditional roles. I'm like, last night my shower didn't get hot, and I was like, well, Brandon, looks like you're going under the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, check the old pump. <laughs> yeah, like if he wasn't there, of course, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a military wife. I fixed. I've replaced toilets. I've done all the things. And that's where it gets a little muddy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do we want to get into all of this? Well, probably not because we're already an hour and a half. Yeah, it's I got to scoot soon. But uh, just the masculine feminine energy, specifically really quick, in the in a military household, they are gone so much mm-hmm. that Ooh, us as true. women take on some of the masculine energy because we are now like you know, reinforcing the discipline. We have to be both. We really do. You have to fix the water heater. Not that that's like a masculine energy thing, but like you have to be the protector of the household. Like you are on high alert because you know that your babies are here and there's no one saving you. You know what I mean? Um, But then they come home. (laughs) And it takes three weeks to adjust. In case you've never gone through a deployment. Three through a regular deployment, I feel like three weeks it takes us oh, to well, adjust. Oh, well, bless. You guys must have that thing on, like, speed dial well, because uh, uh, <laughs> three weeks? <laughs> yeah. What we do is we keep established roles even when he's home if we know he's going to leave mm. again. Because my husband would go for periods and, like... See, yeah, that's a little bit different than my experience. Right. Mine I'm, too. like, see you in nine months to a year. Oh, yeah. So in special forces, they go for shorter periods. Right. So we would... Like, I stayed the disciplinarian in between his deployments, which kind of mm-hmm. pissed me off because he got to just come home and be fun dad. Right. And oh. I was still like, Ugh. But I found if I didn't, then when he would leave again, they wouldn't listen to me. Yeah. So you just have that's to figure so out tricky. what it's, works for you. I was having this conversation with a couple girlfriends who also are military affiliated. And it's like, it's almost easier, you know, when they go away, like, obviously it's hard. Um, you're doing all the things, but then when they come back, it's almost easier to just keep doing all of the things instead of training them how to do the things, you know, but it's hard they to want to go. do the things. Oh, of course. Right. And then, you know, in, in my past lives, <laughs> I've been like, no, this is not how we do this. You're going to do it my way. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. And then we butt heads with the masculine energy. Whereas when I say, I trust you to do it the way you're going to do yeah. it and it's going to get done, I respect you enough to do it your way then it works much better. Yeah. (laughs) There needs to be more like counseling or like mentors. Like I think it would be such a great thing to have new military families be mentored by like retired military families. So are we starting a nonprofit? Oh, stop. (laughs) This is a really good. 
because I can say all the things that we've learned from this experience mm-hmm. and, yeah. and doing these things. And now, and my husband can say, cause now he's so much like, Oh, you were right about this, but he wasn't around long enough to see mm-hmm. why I did things a certain way or, yeah. you know, like he wasn't a, a on board about homeschooling. He didn't necessarily agree with my thoughts on some medical decisions for our kids. And we would really butt heads on that. And now that he's out and has no longer under the influence of the military <laughs> and their mm. thoughts, um, he's like, Oh, now I understand. And now he's like all in on it. And so it would yeah. be so great if like, Every new military family got a mentor of a retired military family to be like, here's the best way to handle this. Because they're not going to yeah. go to therapy. I mean, we wouldn't have gone to therapy that young. And my my issue, too, is like there's so much that I can't explain within myself. I don't know if you two ever feel that way when it comes to like sharing your feelings or sharing your thoughts. That's an ongoing conversation in our home. It's just like there's so many moving parts in our life. And I'm still so new, like six years is new to the military, even though he's been in for 20 years. Like we don't have the same experience there. Mm, and I'm mm-hmm. a new mom and I'm a new business owner. New, new, new. Everything is new. <laughs> you know, it's like just total overstimulation to the point that like I feel certain feelings and I want to talk about them so I can ask for the right help, but I don't always know how to categorize them. Mm. And I think you just have to like, talk stream of consciousness a lot of the time and be like here's the deal i've got there's something on my mind i don't really know what it is (laughs) right Uh, now i'm gonna ramble can we just like talk and Mm -hmm. just i sometimes you just need to talk it out yeah but that's kind of the beauty of our world today is like again you can be so flexible with things and we have the digital tools to to stay in touch and figure these things out together like you can remain a unit even if you're battling a time change and uh a partner that's overseas mm-hmm. or if that person is just a few states over it's still the same experience um so i think communication is just everything and like back to what i said at the very beginning like rising above that perfectionism from both angles as parents and just especially as women just trusting yourself and trust the process and just knock on the door and say hello you know, without fear, without hesitation. Like when I knocked on your front door, I was like a little scared. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. what do they think of me? They Maybe they think I'm out to get them and they're, I'm like hijacking. <laughs> like what? All these horrible, weird things go through your head, Of course, and, you know, and now look what we've done. Yeah. yeah. Look at what we've done. We've talked and yeah. like that's, yes. that's just, just what it is in real time. We've never just for all of the listeners have never talked before this podcast and look at all of the amazing stuff that came out of this conversation. And this like, is what you get power. when you sit down at yes. the same table with people and you just talk, talk, you just open your mouth and you just share. And personally, I'm so excited for whatever you're planning and all of the amazing opportunities there are for women from every yeah. angle in this town, because five years ago we had nothing. Everything yep. was just a stingy old whatever event (laughs) with old people who didn't know how to communicate with young people and we were I don't know Uh, so I just love that 
this town is evolving and blooming beautifully and yes. I'm so excited to see what comes from it. And you're a yes. big part of it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so tell everybody where to find you on social media, websites, all of those. Things. Yeah. So I want everyone, since this is primarily local to go check out the small town social, it's a big pink logo. We're on Instagram and the small town social.com. We have a private Facebook group cause I got to vet out all the creepos that try and infiltrate that. Oh, the ladies. Does that ever happen to you girls? Not no. yet. Yeah, I've had some dudes show up at my events, and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, do they think they're, like... Super awkward. They're like, like, oh, I didn't know that this was it. I'm like, somehow you knew. Somehow you knew. And I gate as much as I can, but... Anywho. So then are you like, you have to leave. Yeah, a couple times because it, it just makes women uncomfortable. <gasps> Maybe but I'm also you at a need place to of host business. a dating event. Yeah, so that's in the works. <laughs> Good. I love yeah. that so much because uh, we do have some single friends and uh, they are constantly like the dating scene here. What uh, yeah. show up at O'Donnell's? Cool. Are you gonna puke on my shoes? Like, yeah, it's very very hard. I'm gonna do a plus one event, and then I'm working on dudes and dads too. Because every cool. time I come home from my events, my husband is like, "Why can't I come?" And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Because it's just not for you." But I will make one for you, and you can run it, and then you'll have your tribe too. So, yeah, can you do like a small town social single mingle? Yes single mingle do i mean i do like it together to, i'd like to come <laughs> i know some single people not myself obviously um but uh, yes let's have fun and we're good matchmakers we are really good matchmakers. that could be really fun we'll have to incorporate yes let's talk more yes <laughs> so many ideas Sounds all right Lee. thank you so much thank for coming you. this for is so me. wonderful this yeah this is great all right bye bye, bye.